Sometimes you just got to get out of the way and spend time in God's presence, right? But he does have a word for us this morning. So you don't negate the word for his presence. They go together. But I can make the word faster, I promise. But we need more of God's presence. So Joshua 1, 1 through 9 says that after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore, arise, go over the Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel. Verse 3, every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you. Yes. Say every foot. Every foot. Place. Every place. This is what I said to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon and as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and of good courage. For, this, for to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give to them. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night. I love that it says in it and not on it there. That you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Verse 9, a famous one, we all know it. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Let's pray. Father, add to your word this morning. Confirm it by the power of the Holy Spirit. God, we're so thankful that you are with us wherever we may go. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You may be seated. Well, we are starting a brand new series today called Take the Land. Take the Land. And uh, it's going to be a good one. It's going to go for a while. Uh, so let me just kind of lay it out for you. It's going to go all the way until Easter because we've got a lot of land to take. But in there, we're going to take a two-week break, and Pastor Bill is going to come and speak to us for two weeks because I have to suffer for Jesus on a cruise. <laughs> pray for me, pray for me. All things to all people everywhere. Um, and so I'll be out for two weeks, but please remember Pastor Bill and Marilyn in your prayers. Uh, we got some devastating news yesterday that we'll share with you guys now. Um, Pastor Jim Palmer, who is our assistant superintendent of the Ohio Network, was killed tragically in a car wreck yesterday. Pastor Jim is Marilyn's brother. So we need to pray for the Palmer family. We need to pray for the Leach family. We need to pray for their kids, their grandkids that are dealing with this unexpected tragedy. Um, their hope is in the fact. This is from Pastor Bill. Their hope is in the fact that they know that Jim is now at the feet of Jesus. But they still have to deal with their sadness here. And so we'll pray for Pastor Bill and Marilyn, their family, Pastor Jim's family, and his kids as well as they process that. Um, and so he'll be with us in a couple of weeks. It's going to be good to see an old friend, isn't it? Yeah. 
So we're talking about scout, uh, take the land this morning. We're going to talk about take the land. Why are we talking about take the land? Because God has given us a land to occupy. God has strategically positioned our church, but not just our church, your family in an area that he's given you a land to occupy. And sometimes I think that we kind of exist instead of occupy. Now Jesus said, occupy until I come. The word occupy that Jesus said there is an active word, means you better continue to do work until I come back for you. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't like working really hard all the time. I don't mind working really hard some of the time. I don't mind working really hard for about 40 hours of the time each week. Some weeks, maybe 50. But that occupied till I come is a constant state of being in the work mode for the kingdom of God until he comes. That shows me that no matter if you are young or if you are old, there is no start date to this. It is at salvation, and there is no retirement date to it. In the name of Jesus, we can't say anymore that, hey, I already did that. It's time for somebody else to do that. That is not how the kingdom of God works. In fact, I was talking to one of my good friends. His name is Dr. Bedamin Gitstu. He is a pastor in Ethiopia. He is like 84 years old, maybe 82, and he says, retirement is not in the Bible. We do not retire in God's kingdom, but we push forward until he calls us home. And then in heaven, we have a job to do as well. I'm like, okay. So do you want to come to Spring or not? <laughs> you know, that, that was the question. Okay, so we have a land to take, but sometimes we get lost in Maybe we got to take the land, but then something happens and we stop taking the land. We just start living in the land. And maybe the land looks a little bit like the wilderness and a lot less like the land. And I know and I love when people say, God, give me a manna word for today. But can I tell you that a manna word is only for when we're walking in the wilderness. A manna word is not for when we're taking the land. When we're taking the land, the land has the produce in it to sustain us while we're going. So I don't want a man of word. I want to work for my word. That's what I'm saying. You know what I'm talking about? I don't want to give, I don't want, I don't want man. If I wake up and there's man, it just means that I'm in the wilderness. If I'm in the wilderness, it means that I'm walking in disobedience. So if there's man on the ground, I better repent and get back to the land. So I know that was a lot right there, but that's where we're going. We want to take the land. It starts with the book of Joshua. Moses has just died. At least that's what we think happened because it says that they never found his bones. They never found his body. That he was on Mount Nebo. We know that two people were on the Mount Transfiguration with Jesus. That it was Elijah who was taken by a, char uh, a chariot of fire and Moses. So we don't know. Uh, maybe he was just taken by a chariot of fire as well. A uh, little speculation there. Joshua takes command as the leader. It says that he walks through the camp and he tells them what God tells them. God tells Joshua, he appears to him, and he says, Moses is dead, but you're the next guy. Moses was not allowed to enter into the promised land. In fact, the generation behind you is finally gone. The past is in the past. Stop looking to the past. Let's go to the future. There is a new day and a new season, and you're the guy for it, Joshua. And Joshua's like, okay, I'm ready. Remember when you sent me into the land? I was ready then. I'm ready today. He says, hey, look, check this out, Joshua. Be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid or dismayed. Everywhere that you put your foot is going to be blessed, and I'm going to be with you. I will not leave you. I will not forsake you. 
is that whatever is in front of you, whatever you're fighting, whatever battle is sitting right in front of you, God is standing right behind you, ready to push you forward anyway. This is what Joshua gets. He says, go tell everybody. Joshua walks through the camp, and he gives this mandate, and you, see, you can read it in, uh, in, in ch- ch- verse 10 of this. He gives them orders. Hey, get everything ready. We're going to the land. Get, every, get, your, get your livestock, get your wives, get your kids, all of your kids. Even that kid you want to leave, bring them with you too. Get your dogs. Get it all. We're going to the land. The people are pumped up. Man, they're excited. They get it all ready to go. And they're like, we've been waiting for this talked about land. It was prophesied a long time ago. And we were maybe starting to think that maybe just we get to look across the Jordan River into the land that God has given us. But maybe we don't get to go into the land that God has given us. And Joshua was saying, no, 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 no. Get ready. We're going to take that land. And then Joshua says, but first, I'm going to send some spies to check it out. Now, if this was an episode of This Is Us, or a movie of some sort, at this point in the story, it would read 40 years earlier. See, because they had already sent some people in to spy out the land. In Numbers 13, they pulled 12 of their most trusted and godly individuals to go into the land for 40 days to check it out. And if you read Numbers 13, these 12 guys came back and were like, oh, the land is awesome. The land has got fruit. Look at the fruit. And they bring these grapes that are huge. It's got tons of this produce in the land. It's a land that is flowing with milk and honey. What that means is that there's vegetation and livestock to sustain us in the land. We're gonna be all right in the land. It is so good. Oh, we can't wait to get into the land. Oh, it's gonna be awesome. And then they get talking again, they're like, well, there were some other things in the land as well. There were some, there were some uh, grapes. There were some livestock. Yeah, that, that's all good. People get all pumped up about it. Woo! Yeah! And then there's also giants. The big boys, too. Not the New York Giants. Not the Giants that can't even score a touchdown. I'm talking about real Giants. I'm talking about real people that are big, over nine feet tall. They're going to be big. We're going to be like grasshoppers in their eyes. So they continue to talk. There's not only Giants, but there's big fortified cities. I mean, huge cities. They got walls that are, that are built up for miles. They got, they've been there for, for millennia, for years they've been in this occupied area. There's no way that we can beat this city. It says that the, the report that the 10 spies gave shrunk the hearts of the people. Joshua was one of the ones that was like, no, no, we're taking that land. We're going to go get, there's giants. Who cares if there's giants? We'll beat them down. Who cares if there's walls? What is that? What is a wall? Whoa, whoa, we'll just walk around it. It's fine. The, nope, the 10-1. Actually, it took a vote. The only vote recorded in the Bibles right here is lost 10 to 2. Consensus, let fear win the day and keep them from taking what was already been given to them. God said, I'm giving you the land, go spy it out. He didn't say, go spy it out and see if you can do this in your own strength. 
But the ten spies came back and gave a bad report too. Joshua and Caleb came back and gave a good report. Two people from that generation got to go see the land. Their names were Joshua and Caleb. This is Joshua now, and so now 40 years comes back, and Joshua's sitting here, and he's thinking, well, we got to go at least check it out, but if I get 12 people together again, it's not going to go well for me. So what does Joshua do? If you look in verse, chapter 2, verse 1, it says, now Joshua sent two men, because Joshua's no fool. He's not stupid. He knows if you send 12 guys in, 10 of them are going to come back with a bad report. So I'm going to choose two guys that I know are going to go in there and tell me that God has given us this land. These two guys go into the land. They, they scope it out. He says, I want you to specifically go to Jericho. Why Jericho? Because Jericho was an oasis town. It was a fortified city. It's the oldest city known in the world at this time. It's still the oldest city known today. This is a city that's been occupied in this area and it's a strategic part because it's the first city that they got to meet when they cross the Jordan River. So it's like, go, go check that out. So they go and, and they, they hook up with this girl named Rahab who lets them stay in her house. And, and then they hide her and, and then they go back and they see all of the king's horses, all of the king's men. They found Humpty Dumpty. They couldn't put them together again. It was amazing. They, they spied out. They got to sneak out. It wasn't like they just walked in and walked out because God gave them the land. They had to do a little recon work, a little sneaking. They had to go scout it out. And then they come back and Joshua's like, hey, what's up? And they're like, hey, guess what? God gave us that land. You know what's still in the land 40 years later? There's still walls in the land. There's still giants in the land. But what's the difference between 40 years earlier and today? You got a little bit of faith going before them. They're not going to shrink the hearts of the people, but they're going to grow the hearts of the people. I'm not trying to tell you that I'm Joshua today because Joshua means our God saves. I'm telling you that Joshua has already gone before us in Jesus. That Joshua has already conquered death, hell, and the grave. That Joshua has already scoped out the land and given it to us. So what is our responsibility? We gotta take it. We gotta take the land. So let me tell you about the land. What do we know? We know two things about the land. One, the land has opposition in it. Now, the land for us is, uh, is this region, the 419 and multiple counties in it. That's our land. Our land is Bowling Green, yes, but our land is also the surrounding communities. Our land consists of about 200,000 people that need to know about Jesus. Our land has about eight middle schools and about six high schools that I can think of off the top of my hand. Our land has three universities located in it. Our land is a land that is flowing with opportunity, milk, and honey. But I'm telling you what, there's going to be walls and giants in our land as well. What does the land of your family look like this morning? It's been given to you, but it could look like a child that's far from the faith. And it could look like some finances that just look a little bit too big. And it could look like some depression that you got to overcome. So you have an individual land as a person, and we have a corporate land as a church that we're going to take. So the first thing that we got to know and be aware of is that the land is full of opposition. There are giants in this land. Giants that will make you feel like a grasshopper. But here's what I know about grasshoppers and giants. A grasshopper's faster. Think about it. If I am fighting somebody that's way bigger than me, I got to get one hit in because I'm going to be faster than them. So I'm just going to kick them right in the knee and run. And I'm going to make sure somebody's right next to me that's just a little bit slower than me, just in case. 
Deborah and I were snorkeling one time, and we were in, um, in, the, in, in the ocean, and I just started thinking to myself, there could be a shark in the water with us, because we're not like reef protected. We're in the ocean. And I'm sit, we're swimming. We have to swim like a mile to get to this little area to look at some fish that you could go to Walmart and look at. It's the stupidest thing. So we're swimming, we're swimming, we're swimming. I'm, and I start thinking in my head, like, there could be a shark in the water. What am I going to do if there's a shark in the water? I'm thinking of all these things. Like, i got to make sure that Deborah's protected because there's no way I can raise the kids. She's going to have to do that. So we got to make sure she gets back to the boat. And I'm looking around, and I mean, I'm, I, this is bad. It's bad. This really did happen, though. I see this little kid with his life jacket on. He's just fighting. I'm like, oh, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good if there's a shark. He's going to get it. I'm going to get back to the boat. Isn't that terrible? What if, it, what if our perspective just needs to shift a little bit, that when we see a giant, we're like, oh, no, there's a giant. We look around and we say, okay, there's a giant. That means that that giant is so big that God is going to work through me. He's so big, I can't even miss him. Oh, I'm going to hit that giant. That's an easy target right there. Why? Because I'm a grasshopper. Yeah, grasshoppers are fast and they're savvy. They've been around a long time. I'm going to make sure to take that giant out. It says that there's also walls. Big cities fortified with walls. There's no way we're going to take that wall out. I'm going to think, yeah, God gave me that wall. And when God gives me that city, I know that I'm going to have a fortified city. Oh, the enemy has been occupying that territory in my life for a long time. But as soon as I get breakthrough in that area in my life, I'm going to have the fortified city. I'm going to be able to make a difference. And the enemy's going to get pushed back further. Well, you've always acted this way. You've always been a man of anger. You've always had that addiction. You've always dealt with that insecurity. But when God gives you the land, you say, I have a fortified city that the enemy has occupied, but I'm not going to shrink back in fear anymore because God's given me this land. So yeah, I was angry at one time, but today I'm taking that fortified city back and I'm going to make sure that when it is my city, it's going to be a testimony. There is opposition in the land. There's a, a giants, there's enemies to fight. And look at the boundaries. You're going to go from here to the ocean. You're going to go from the north to the south. You're going to look out until the sun sets. That's your land. There's boundaries in the land. So for our church, we're taking our church and we're drawing a circle 30 miles out from our church in any direction. That's the land we're going after. That's our land. There is no demon. There's no dominion. There's no stronghold. There's no past that is going to stop us from taking that land. That Day Spring Church is going to be a light to the world so that they know that Jesus is Lord. We're gonna be a soul winning, demon killing, Bible believing, spirit filled church. Whoa, got high there. What does that show though? Opposition, there's a lot of land. We're gonna need a lot of people. We're gonna need a lot of things. Oh, that's too big, Pastor Code. 30 mile radius, three universities, eight middle schools, six high schools. How are we gonna do it? We're gonna do it. Because God told us to take it. The land also has provision. If I was a good preacher, I would have said opportunity. I could say there was opposition, now there's opportunity. But I'm not a good preacher. <laughs> I'm just a pastor that wants to stir you this morning. The land has a lot of provision in it. Manna is for the wilderness. 
but there's a land flowing with milk and honey. It means that we don't have to plan how we're going to resource taking the land in our life. We have to be obedient to what God has said. And I wonder how many of us in our families and in our mental state and in our personal lives, God has given us promises that require obedience, that we're waiting for his provision and he's waiting for our obedience. Says Joshua, I will be with you, but you meditate in the word day and night. You be a person that's committed to the book. You don't let other things frame your worldview. You don't walk left and right when a political storm comes on. You don't let a circumstance get you down over who God is. But we go right back to this and we meditate in it day in and day out. And when the giants come and the walls are built, we know that there's provision in the land because God's word is in us. We need more of God's spirit, yes, but we need more of God's word as well. It's got a land of fruit. It means that you and I will produce in the land more than we'll produce in the wilderness. You say, look, you don't know what I've been through. I have nothing to offer. You don't know what my past is. You, 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 God can't use it. And I'm just telling you that wilderness thinking says God can't use me. But when you take the land, you'll see that there's gifts and fruit that God has been reserving for your first step. You say, I'm not ready. Good, neither am I. I'm not good enough. Yeah, me either. I'm not. I don't have enough gifts. I'm not either. I can't sing like Connor. I can't either. I can't even drum like Marshall. I can't even jump like Pastor Steve. I can jump. But I can be faithful and obedient to what God has called me to do. We can be people of prayer. And we can take our land and we can produce fruit that has never been harvested in the wilderness but will be harvested in the land. And the last thing I wanna share with you and we'll go back into worship is that the land is not something we have to hope for. It's not something that we need to hope it happens. Oh God, maybe possibly this could be your will. God, maybe my kids will come back to the faith. Please Jesus, please if it's your will. Let me just tell you this, the land has been given already. What does God tell Joshua? Go to the land that I have given you. Go pray over your children the prayers that God has given you for them. Pray over that financial situation, the promises that God has already given you for it. There is a land that God has already given you. We don't got to hope for it, but we do have to work for it. We have to go take it. It's our land. God has given us a land. We don't have to hope that we're going to be a regional church. We don't have to beg that God will give us the universities. We don't have to pray that God will give us the schools. We do need to pray for the schools, but God has already given them to us. It's our land. So it's a mindset shift. It's not, Lord, please give me that land. It's, Lord, I'm taking my land. I'm taking my land. Here's the promise, is that God is always with us. If there's a wall, if there's a giant, if there's a hard season, if there's a good season, have I not commanded you is the question. But it's not a question that demands an answer from us because it's a question that God says the answer himself. And if God gives the answer himself, you can take that to the bank as a good answer.
Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you. Maybe sometimes in places that you go. It's with you only when you go over there, not over there. It says it's with you wherever you go. We should stop asking where God is and trust that God is with us. He's in our obedience. He's in our meditation of the word. He's in our surrendered heart. He's in our pursuit of his presence. And that's what we want to do here for the next couple of minutes is really set our hearts to receive what God has for us to take the land. Now, because I wanted to go back into worship, I cut some of this, this out. So you're like, that, that, was, that was really a weak sermon. You're welcome. But we have to understand that we're going to deal with some adversity, but we're also going to walk in some provision. Lack of adversity does not mean that you're in God's will. More adversity might mean that you're in God's will. Lack of adversity might mean that you're not doing anything. More adversity might mean you're just right where God wants you.